Mr. Chief Justice, Senators, President's Counsel, we will not walk through the President's abuse of power, the corrupt object of his scheme, his three official acts carrying out his scheme, his attempted cover-up and exposure, and the harm to our nation, and continuing threat caused by his misconduct. Let's start first with the object of the President's scheme. And Senators, we have today provided handouts that you can follow along in our slides. So as this first slide indicates, in this portion of our presentation, we will discuss the evidence that shows overwhelmingly that President Trump directed this scheme with corrupt intent, with one corrupt objective, to obtain foreign assistance in his reelection bid in the 2020 United States presidential election. We will walk through first how the president wanted Ukraine to help in his reelection campaign. He wanted Ukraine to publicly announce two investigations, one into his political rival, Joe Biden, and the second into the debunked conspiracy theory related to Ukraine interference in the 2016 election. President Trump himself later confirmed this intent in public statements. We will then explain how we know these investigations were solely for President Trump's personal political gain. First, President Trump made clear he cared only about the announcement, the announcement of the investigations, not the actual investigations. Second, President Trump similarly made clear he cared only about the big stuff, the big stuff, meaning his political investigations. Third, he used his personal attorney Mr. Giuliani, who repeatedly told us he was pursuing the investigations in his capacity as the president's personal lawyer, and that this wasn't about foreign policy. Fourth and fifth, there is no real dispute that these investigations were never part of an official U.S. policy, and they, in fact, went outside official channels. The Department of Justice even publicly confirmed that they were never asked to talk to Ukraine about these investigations, never. Six multiple officials who knew what was going on repeatedly reported these concerns to supervisors and even the NSC legal advisors. Seventh, Ukraine expressed concerns multiple times that these were political investigations and Ukraine didn't want to get involved in domestic U.S. politics. Eighth, the White House tried to bury the call. Ninth, President Trump himself told us he really wanted and cared about, in his own words, in many public statements. And finally, despite the President Council's attempts to justify his actions, the evidence makes clear that President Trump did not care about anti-corruption efforts in Ukraine. This was only about one thing, his political investigations. We are following along on the slide. Now, as I mentioned, the object of the president's scheme is clear. Two investigations to help his political reelection. The Constitution grants the president broad authority to conduct U.S. foreign policy. He is our commander in chief and chief diplomat. When the president of the United States calls a foreign leader, a president's first and only objective should be to get foreign leaders to do what is in the best, what's best for the U.S. national interest, consistent with the faithful execution 
of his oath of office and consistent with official U.S. policy. But on July 25, when President Trump called the president of Ukraine, President Trump did the opposite. Instead of following official U.S. talking points, instead of listening to his staff on what was important to our national interests, President Trump asked Ukraine for something that benefited only himself, his political investigations. And not only did these investigations diverge from U.S. national interests, as you'll hear, President Trump's actions harmed our national security. In putting himself above our country, he put our country at risk. And that is why his actions are so dangerous. Now let's take a moment and look carefully at the two investigations that President Trump sought from Ukraine, which are at the heart of the president's scheme, and how he stood to benefit politically from Ukraine's announcement of each. As you can see on the slide, the first investigation was, of course, of former Vice President Biden. Let's go straight to that July 25 telephone call again where President Trump stated clearly each of these investigations he wanted. So let's start with Vice President Joe Biden and, his, and the removal of corrupt prosecutor in Ukraine. The first investigation related to former Vice President Joe Biden and the Ukrainian gas company Burisma Holdings, on whose board his son, Hunter Biden, used to sit. President Trump himself summarized the theory behind his request in broad strokes in his July 25 call with President Zelensky. Here's what he said. The other thing, there's a lot of talk about Biden some, that Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find out about that so that whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into that, it sounds horrible to me. Now let's look carefully at the investigation President Trump was asking for and what it was based on. In short, President Trump asked for the investigation into Biden based on a made up theory that no one agreed with, no one. We'll go into it, this in more detail, but at a high level, the allegation is that late in 2015, Biden pressured Ukraine to remove the then Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin by threatening to withhold approximately $1 billion in loan guarantees if he was not removed. According to this theory, Vice President Biden did this in order to help his son in a company called Burisma. Vice President Biden's son sat on the board of Burisma. As the theory goes, Vice President Biden tried to remove Ukraine's prosecutor, all to make sure the prosecutor wouldn't investigate that, that specific company, Burisma because, again, his son was on the board. Then, senators, if that doesn't sound far-fetched and complicated to you, it should. So let's take this step-by-step step and start from the beginning. In 2014, Vice President Biden's son, Hunter, joined the board of the Ukrainian national gas firm Burisma Holdings. At the time, Burisma's owner, a Ukrainian oligarch and former government minister, was under investigation. In 2015, Viktor Shokin became Ukraine's prosecutor general, a job similar to attorney general in the United States. Although Shokin vowed to keep investigating Burisma amid an international push to root out corruption in Ukraine, 
He allowed the Burisma investigation to go dormant. Allowed it to go dormant. That is when he was removed. He was not actively investigating Burisma. He had let it go dormant. Moreover, Shogun was widely perceived as ineffective and corrupt. George Kent, the second most senior official at the U.S. Embassy in Kiev at the time, described Shokin as, quote, a typical Ukraine prosecutor who lived a lifestyle far in excess of his government salary, who never prosecuted anybody known for having committed a crime and covered up crimes that were known to have been committed. In late 2015, Vice President Biden, who had assumed a significant role in U.S. policy toward Ukraine, publicly called for the removal of Mr. Shokin because of his failure, his failure to adequately combat corruption. But Vice President Biden wasn't alone. The European Union, our European allies, the International Monetary Fund, reformers inside Ukraine also wanted Mr. Shokin removed to reform the Ukrainian Prosecutor General's Office to reform it. Reforming the Prosecutor General's Office was also supported on a bipartisan basis by the Ukrainian caucus here in the Senate. On February 12, 2016, after Vice President Biden had urged for the removal of Mr. Shokin, but before the Ukrainian parliament voted to remove him, a bipartisan group of senators, including Senators Portman, Durbin, Shaheen, Ron Johnson, Murphy, Kirk, Blumenthal, and Sherrod Brown, sent a letter to President Poroshenko that urged him to make urgent reforms to the Prosecutor General's office. The month after the Senator sent that letter, Mr. Shokin was fired. He was fired. So let's be very, very clear. Vice President Biden called for the removal of this prosecutor at the official direction of U.S. policy because the prosecutor was widely perceived as corrupt and with the support of all our international allies. His actions were therefore supported by the executive branch, Congress, and the international community. Common sense would tell us that this allegation against Joe Biden is false and that there was no legitimate basis for any investigation. But there are several other reasons you know that the only reason President Trump wanted Ukraine to announce the investigation into Biden that was also solely for his very own personal benefit. So if you look at the slide, it'll summarize some points. First, none of the 17 witnesses in the House's inquiry said there was any factual basis for this allegation, not one of the 17. To the contrary, they testified it was false. Second, as I mentioned, the former Prosecutor General, Vice President, General Vice President Biden, was widely considered to be corrupt and failed to investigate corruption in Ukraine. Thus, removing him from office would only increase the chances that Burisma would be investigated for possible corruption. Third, because the prosecutor was so corrupt, Vice President Biden calling for his removal was also at the direction of official U.S. policy and undertaken with the unanimous support of our allies. Fourth, the successor to the fired Ukrainian prosecutor general admitted that Vice President Biden's son didn't do anything wrong in connection with Burisma. 
So the entire premise of the investigation that the president wanted Ukraine to pursue was simply false. Finally, President Trump didn't care about any of this until 2019. But when Vice President Biden became the front runner for the Democratic presidential nomination, and polls showed that he had the largest head-to-head -head lead against President Trump, that became a problem. Let's start with the first and second points. Vice President Biden's conduct was uniformly validated by the witnesses in the House investigation who confirmed his conduct was consistent with U.S. policy. Every single witness who was asked about the allegations again said that Biden had nothing to do with it and it was false. They testified that he acted properly. Every witness with knowledge of this issue testified that Vice President Biden was carrying out official U.S. policy in calling for Shokin's removal. Shokin was corrupt. And this witnesses explained the U.S. was not alone in this view. All of our European allies also supported this action. There is simply no evidence, nothing, nada, in the record to support this baseless allegation. I'd like to go through some of that testimony now. First, here are Dr. Hill and Mr. Holmes. So let's watch. Now, are either, uh, um, Dr. Hill, are you aware of any evidence to support the allegations against Vice President Biden? I'm not, no. And in fact, um, Mr. Holmes, the former uh, prosecutor general of Ukraine um, who Vice President Biden encouraged to fire was actually corrupt, is that right? Correct. And was not pursuing corruption investigations and prosecutions, right? My understanding is uh, the, the Prosecutor General at the time, Shokin, uh, was not at that time pursuing investigations of Burisma or the Bidens. And in fact, removing that corrupt prosecutor general was part of the United States anti-corruption policy. Isn't that correct? That's correct. And not just us, but all of our allies and other institutions that were involved in Ukraine at the time. Ambassador Yovanovitch, too, confirmed these points. Let's watch her testify. And in fact, when Vice President Biden acted to remove the former corrupt prosecutor in Ukraine, did he do so as part of official United States policy? Official U.S. policy. That, that was, was endorsed and um, was the policy of a number of other international stakeholders, other countries, other um, monetary institutions, financial institutions. And similarly, when asked if there was any factual basis to support the allegations about Biden, George Kent replied, None whatsoever. Lieutenant Colonel Vidman and Ms. Williams also confirmed that they are not aware of any credible evidence to support the notion that Vice President Biden did anything wrong. And Ambassador Volcker testified that the Biden allegations were not credible and that Biden, quote, respects his duties of higher office. Now, as I mentioned, there was also concrete reason that the U.S. government wanted Shokin removed. As David Holmes, a senior official at the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine testified, by the time that Shokin was finally removed in 2016, there, was, there were strong concerns that Shokin himself corrupt, was corrupt and not investigating potential corruption in the country. In fact, part of the concern was that Shokin was not investigating Burisma. Under Shokin, the investigation into the owner of Burisma for earlier conduct had stalled and was dormant. That was part of the reason why the United States and other countries wanted to remove Shokin. Because of this, and as confirmed by witness testimony we will hear shortly, calling for Shokin's replacement would actually increase the chances that Burisma would be investigated. In other words, Shokin was corrupt 
and not investigating allegations against Burisma. So when Vice President Biden was calling for Shokin's removal and advocating for his replacement, it would actually increase chances of Burisma's investigation. Ambassador Jovanovic made this point during her testimony. Let's listen. And in fact, if he helped to remove a corrupt Ukrainian prosecutor general who was not prosecuting enough corruption, that would increase the chances that corrupt companies in Ukraine would be investigated. Isn't that right? One would think so. And that could include Burisma, right? Yes. President Trump and his allies have tried to justify President Trump's withholding a military aid and a White House meeting unless Ukraine announced the investigations he wanted. By saying it's the same thing Vice President did when he called for Ukraine to remove its corrupt prosecutor. It is not the same thing. As you've just heard, Vice President Biden followed official U.S. policy. He went through official channels to remove the prosecutor that was corrupt. And he did it with the support of our allies. That is the exact opposite of what President Trump did. He pushed Ukraine for an investigation that has no basis, that no one agreed with, that was not at all U.S. policy, and that only benefited him. George Kent addressed this very point during his testimony. Let's listen. And Mr. Kent and, and Mr. Taylor, um, the defenders of the president's behavior have made a big deal out of the fact that Vice President Biden encouraged the Ukrainians to remove a corrupt former Ukrainian prosecutor, 2016, uh, Mr. Shokin. And in fact, uh, Senator Rand Paul on Sunday said, and I quote him, they're impeaching the president, President Trump for exactly the same thing that Joe Biden did. Is that correct? Is what the president uh, what the president did in his phone call and what Joe Biden did in terms of Mr. Shokin are those exactly the same things? And if not, how are they different? I do not think they are the same things. What uh, former Vice President Biden uh, requested of former President of Ukraine Poroshenko was the removal of a corrupt Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin who had uh, undermined a program of assistance that we had spent, again, U.S. taxpayer money uh, to try to build an independent investigator unit to go after corrupt prosecutors. And there was a case called the Diamond Prosecutor case in which Shokin destroyed the entire uh, ecosystem that we were trying to help create. The investigators, the judges who issued the warrants, the uh, law enforcement that had warrants to, to do the wiretapping, everybody to protect his former driver who he'd made a prosecutor. That's what Joe Biden was asking, remove the corrupt prosecutor. So, so, so Joe, Joe Biden was participating in an open effort, established whole of government effort to address corruption in Ukraine. That is correct. Great. So, Mr. Kent, as you look at this whole mess, Rudy Giuliani, President Trump, in your opinion, was this a comprehensive and whole of government effort to end corruption in Ukraine? Referring to the requests in July? Exactly. Uh, I would not say so. No, sir. In short, the allegations against Vice President Biden are groundless. And so there is no comparison, none at all, between what he did and the President Trump's abuse of power. Now, let's turn to the third point. Part of the allegation against former Vice President Biden is that he pushed for the corrupt Ukrainian prosecutor's removal in order to protect his son from the investigation. In fact, the president's claim about being concerned about corruption in Ukraine has recently emphasized this component of this theory, that the president wanted Ukraine to investigate Hunter Biden's work on the board of Burisma, not the former vice president. This, too, is false, simply false. You need look, look no further than the July 25 call and the president's own statements to see that the president wanted 
the Ukrainians to investigate Vice President Biden. Let's look again at what the President's call said. Quote, the other thing, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find, about, find out about that. Whatever you can do with the Attorney General would be great. Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me. The president was clearly asking President Zelensky to investigate Joe Biden. And what did the president say on the White House lawn on October 3rd? When he was asked about the Ukraine scheme, he said, quote, well, I think they should, if they were honest about it, you saw the film yesterday, they would start a major investigation into the Bidens. It's a very simple answer. He said, the Bidens, plural. Not one Biden, the Bidens. It's clear that the president wanted what he wanted from Ukraine, an investigation to smear his political rival. But even if the president wanted an investigation of Hunter Biden, there is no basis for that either. Now, how do you know? Well, Ukraine's former prosecutor general admitted that the allegation against Vice President Biden's son was plainly false. You can see it on the slide, his own words, plainly false. Then Ukrainian prosecutor general General Yuri Lozensko recanted his earlier allegations and confirmed, quote, Biden was definitely not involved in any wrongdoing involving Burisma. So, even the Ukrainians believe that Biden's son did nothing wrong. The long and short of it is that there was no basis for the investigation that the president was pursuing and pushing, none. He was doing it only for his own political benefit. But let's look at one more important reason why it's clear that President Trump simply wanted a political benefit from Ukraine's announcement of this investigation and didn't care about the underlying conduct. The allegations against Vice President Biden were based on events that occurred in late 2015 and early 2016. They were all well publicized at the time, but as soon as President Trump took office, he increased military support to Ukraine in 2017 and the next year, 2018. But it wasn't until 2019, over three years after Vice President Biden called for Shokin's removal, three years after that President Trump started pushing Ukraine to investigate that conduct. So what changed? What changed? Why did President Trump not care at all about Biden's request on the removal of Shokane the year after it happened in 2017? Or the next year in 2018? Senators, you know what changed in 2019 when President Trump suddenly cared. It's that Biden got in the race. On April 25, Vice President Biden announced he would run for president in 2020. If President Trump was so concerned about this alleged corruption, why didn't he push Ukraine to investigate when he entered office in 2017? Or in 2018, after Biden gave public remarks about how he pressured Ukraine to remove Shokin? Why did President Trump instead wait until former Vice President Biden was campaigning for the Democratic nomination? Senator 
Senators, it's obvious because President Trump wanted to hurt Vice President Biden's candidacy and help himself politically. He pushed for an investigation in 2019 because that's when it would be valuable to him, President Trump. He pushed for it when it started to become clear that Vice President Biden could beat him. And he had good reason to be concerned. Let's look at the slide about some polls. Throughout the scheme, polling had consistently shown the former Vice President handily beating Vice President Trump by significant margins in head-to-head -head matchups. The chart on the screen shows a Fox News polls emphasizing this point. The chart shows that from March through December, Vice President Biden had consistently led President Trump in national polls by significant margins. So at beginning around March, Vice President Biden is beating the president in polls, even on Fox News. In April, Biden officially announces his candidacy. And then when the pres that is when the president gets worried. In May, the president's personal lawyer tells the press that he's planning to travel to Ukraine to urge newly elected President Zelensky to conduct the two investigations, one into Vice President Biden. You know what else happened in May? A Fox News poll showed Biden beating Trump by 11 points. This clearly did not go unnoticed. On May 9, the president's personal lawyer, Mr. Giuliani, said in an interview, and this is a quote, I guarantee you Joe Biden will not get to election day without this being investigated. And by July, right before President Trump's call with President Zelensky, where he asked for the investigation into the, to Biden, the Fox News poll showed Biden beating Trump by 10 points. And then on July 25th, after years of not caring what, what Vice President did, does President Trump ask for an investigation in his formidable political rival in the 2020 election? Senators, looking at this timeline of events, it is not difficult to see why the investigation of the Bidens would be helpful to President Trump. The mere announcement of such an investigation would immediately tarnish the former vice president's reputation by embroiling him and his son in a foreign criminal investigation, even if the charges were never pursued just the mere announcement. And if a foreign country announced a formal investigation into those allegations, it would give allegations against the Bidens an air of credibility and could carry through the election. The evidence is clear. Everyone knew, even Ukraine, that there was no merit to the allegation that Biden called for the removal of Shokin for any illegitimate reason. Biden asked for it because it was consistent, consistent with U.S. policy because Shokin was corrupt and with the backing of our allies. Even President Trump knew there was no basis for this investigation. That is why for years after Shogun's removal, he continued to support Ukraine, never once raised the issue. It wasn't until Biden began beating him in the polls that he called for the investigation. The president asked Ukraine for this investigation for one reason and one reason only, because he knew he would, it would be damaging to an opponent who was consistently beating him in the polls, and therefore, it could help him get reelected in 2020. President Trump had the motive, 
He had the opportunity and the means to commit this abuse of power. Now let's turn to the second investigation that President Trump wanted. <clears throat> What he wanted is a widely debunked conspiracy theory that Ukraine, rather than Russia, interfered in the 2016 U.S. election to benefit President Trump's opponent. As we will explain, the allegation that Ukraine interfered in the 2016 elections just like the, the allegation that Biden improperly removed the Ukraine prosecutor has absolutely no basis in fact. In fact, this theory ignored the unanimous conclusions of the U.S. Intelligence Agency, the Congressional Intelligence Committees, and Special Counselor Mueller, which found that Russia, Russia attacked our elections. It also went against the Senate Intelligence Committee report which found no evidence supporting that Ukraine attacked our elections. Nor did any witness support the theory that Ukraine attacked our elections. Indeed, even President Trump's own advisors told him the claim was false. In fact, the one person who told President Trump his theory is true, who was it? You know it was our adversary, Russia, who had everything to gain by deflecting the blame from their attack on Ukraine. Let's look at what President Trump was actually suggesting Ukraine investigate. The theory is this. Instead of listening to our entire intelligence community, they concluded that Russia interfered in our 2016 election to assist Donald Trump. The new theory says it was Ukraine that interfered in the election to help Hillary Clinton and hurt Donald Trump. One aspect of this conspiracy theory was that the American cybersecurity firm CrowdStrike, which had helped the DNC respond to Russia's cyber attack in 2016, moved a DNC server to Ukraine to prevent the FBI from examining it. Here's what President Trump said about this conspiracy theory during the 25, July 25 call. Quote, I would like you to find out what happened with this whole situation with Ukraine. They say CrowdStrike. I guess you have one of your wealthy people the server, they say Ukraine has it. Once again, if this sounds far-fetched and crazy, it should, because it is. There is simply no factual basis to support this conspiracy theory. Let's walk through the concrete reasons why. First, as I mentioned, our entire U.S. intelligence community, the Senate Select Committees on Intelligence, and Special Counsel Mueller, all unanimously found that Russia, not Ukraine, interfered in the 2016 elections. And Russia did it to help Donald Trump and hurt Hillary Clinton. Here's an example of that. This is a conclusion of the Director of National Intelligence Report entitled, Assessing Russian Activities and Intentions in Recent U.S. Elections. I'll quote a part in it, you can follow along in the slide. We assess Russian President Vladimir Putin's ordered and influence campaign in 2016 aimed at U.S. presidential election. Russia's goals were to undermine public faith in the U.S. democratic process, denigrate Secretary Clinton, and harm her electability and potential presidency. We further assess Putin and the Russian government 
developed a clear preference for President-elect Trump. We have high confidence in these judgments, end quote. Clear president for President-elect Trump. And here's a conclusion of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. Quote, the committee found that the Russia-based Internet Research Agency sought to influence the 2016 U.S. presidential election by harming Hillary Clinton's chances of success in supporting Donald Trump at the direction of the Kremlin. The committee found that the Russian government tasked and supported the IRA's interference in the 2016 U.S. elections, end quote. Supporting Donald Trump at the direction of the Kremlin. That's what it said. And here's the special counsel's conclusion. The Mueller report in 2019, quote, as set forth in detail in this report, the special counsel's investigation established that Russia interfering, interfered, interfered in the 2016 presidential election principally through two operations. First, a Russia entity carried out a social media campaign that favored president, presidential candidate Donald J. Trump and disparaged presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. Second, a Russian intelligence service conducted computer intrusion operations against entities, employees, and volunteers working on the Clinton campaign and then released stolen documents. On December 9, 2019, even President Trump's own FBI director, Christopher Wray, stated unequivocally that there is no evidence to support the theory that Ukraine interfered in our election in 2016. Here's a video of that interview. Let's watch. It's all those threats. Did the government of Ukraine directly interfere in the 2016 election on the scale that the Russians did? We have no information that indicates that Ukraine interfered with the 2016 presidential election. When you see politicians pushing this notion, are you concerned about that in terms of its impact on the American public? Well, look, there's all kinds of people saying all kinds of things out there. Uh, I think it's important for the American people to be thoughtful consumers of information, uh, to think about the sources of it, and to think about the support and predication for what they hear. Uh, and I think part of us being well protected against uh, malign foreign influence is to build together uh, an American public that's resilient that has appropriate media literacy uh, and that takes its information with a grain of salt. And Putin has been pushing this theory. Uh, and your message to him in, in terms of the American public? Stop trying to interfere with our elections. We recently heard from the president himself that he wanted the crowd strike portion of uh, this whole uh, conspiracy in the Ukraine investigated. And, I, and I'm hearing you say there's no evidence to support that, as far as you know. As I said, we have no, we at the FBI have no information that would indicate that Ukraine tried to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. Mr. President. You heard him. He said no information that would indicate that Ukraine tried to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. So to be really, really clear, there is no real dispute that Russia, not Ukraine, attacked our elections. But it's not just that there is no evidence to support this conspiracy theory. It's more dangerous than that. Because where did this theory come from? You guessed it, the Russians. Russia, Russian President Vladimir Putin and Russian intelligence services perpetuated this false, debunked conspiracy theory. Now remember, there is no dispute among the intelligence community, the Russia's 
that a Russia attacked our 2016 election. The Senate's own Intelligence Committee published a report telling us that as well. So it's no surprise that Russia wants to blame somebody else. In fact, President Trump even said that. President Putin is the one who told him it was Ukraine who interfered in our elections. In short, this theory that the Russians are promoting to interfere yet again in our democratic process and deflect blame from their own attacks against us. But what is so dangerous is that President Trump is helping them perpetuate this. Our own president is helping our adversary attack our processes and to help his own reelection. Dr. Hill, an expert on these matters, explains it in more detail as to why this is very concerning. Let's watch. This relates to the second thing I want to communicate. Based on questions and statements I have heard, some of you on this committee appear to believe that Russia and its security services did not conduct a campaign against our country, and that perhaps, somehow, for some reason, Ukraine did. This is a fictional narrative that has been perpetrated and propagated by the Russian security services themselves. The unfortunate truth is that Russia was the foreign power that systematically attacked our democratic institutions in 2016. This is the public conclusion of our intelligence agencies confirmed in bipartisan congressional reports. It is beyond dispute, even if some of the underlying details must remain classified. The impact of the successful 2016 Russian campaign remains evident today. Our nation is being torn apart. Truth is questioned. Our highly professional and expert career foreign service is being undermined. US support for Ukraine, which continues to face armed Russian aggression, has been politicized. The Russian government's goal is to weaken our country, to diminish America's global role, and to neutralize a perceived US threat to Russian interests. Their goal is to weaken our country, to diminish America's global role, and to neutralize a perceived U.S. threat to Russian interests. That's why it's so dangerous. Because despite the lack of any evidence to support this debunked conspiracy theory, the unanimous conclusion of the intelligence community, Congress, Special Counsel Miller, and the FBI to the contrary, President Trump continued to promote this fake conspiracy theory just because it would be beneficial and helpful to his own reelection campaign. Even President Trump's own senior advisors told him these allegations were false. Tom Bossert, President Trump's former Homeland Security Advisor, stated publicly that the crowd strike theory had been debunked. Here's that interview. Let's watch. It's not only a conspiracy theory, it is completely debunked. You know, I, I don't want to be glib about this matter, but uh, last year, uh, retired former Senator Judd Gregg wrote a piece in The Hill magazine saying the three ways or the five ways to impeach oneself. And the third way was to hire Rudy Giuliani. And, and at this point, I am deeply frustrated with what he and the legal team is doing and repeating that debunked theory to the president. It sticks in his mind when he hears it over and over again. And for clarity here, George, let me just again repeat that it has no validity. The United States government reached its conclusion on attributing to Russia the DNC hack in 2016 before it even communicated it to the FBI and long before the FBI ever knocked on the door at the DNC. So a server inside the DNC was not relevant to our determination, to the attribution. It was made up front and beforehand. And so while servers can be important in some of the investigations that followed, it has nothing to do with the U.S. government's attribution of Russia for the DNC hack. The theory has no validity. That's what he said. Dr. Hill, too, testified that White House officials, including Mr. Bussard and former National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster, 
spend a lot of time refuting the CrowdStrike conspiracy theory to President Trump. Let's hear it. Now, Dr. Hill, is this a reference to this uh, debunked conspiracy theory about Ukraine interference in the 2016 election that you discussed at the op in your opening statement as well as with Chairman Schiff? The reference to CrowdPsych and the survey, yes, that's correct. And it is your understanding that there is, is no basis for <coughs> these allegations, is that correct? That's correct. Now, isn't it also true that some of President Trump's most senior advisors had informed him that this theory of Ukraine interference in the 2016 election was false? That's correct. When she was asked, is it false, she said, that's correct. If Vladimir Putin's goals, as, as Dr. Hill testified, were to deflect from Russia's systematic interference in our election and to drive a wedge between the United States and Ukraine, he has succeeded beyond his wildest dreams. The alternative narrative of Ukrainian interference on the 2016 election has now been picked up by the president's defenders and the conservative media. It has muddled the waters regarding Russia's own interference in our elections, efforts that remain ongoing, as we have learned last week, this week from reporting that Russia hacked Burisma. If there were any doubt about how President Putin feels about the president's conduct, you need only look to Putin's own words. His statement on November 20 tells it all, quote, Thank God nobody is accusing us anymore of interfering in U.S. elections. Now they're accusing Ukraine. That's a short quotation from Putin, but it speaks volumes. Even though President Trump knew that there was no factual basis for the theory, that it was Ukraine that interfered in the 2016 election rather than Russia, and knew that Russia was perpetuating this theory, he still wanted President Zelensky to pursue the investigation. Why? Because while Putin and Russia clearly stood by to gain by promoting this conspiracy theory about Ukraine, so did Donald Trump. He knew it would be politically helpful to his 2010-2020 election. An announcement of an investigation of, by Ukraine would have breathed new life into a debunked conspiracy theory that Ukrainian election interference was there in 2016, and it lended great credibility. It would have cast doubt on the conclusions of the Intelligence Committee and Special Counsel Miller that Russia interfered in the 2016 election to help President Trump. And it would have helped eliminate a perceived threat to the legitimacy of Donald Trump's presidency that he was only elected because of the help he received from President Putin. I now yield to Mr. Schiff. Majority Leader is recognized. Man, that we take a 15-minute uh, break at this point. Without objection, so ordered.